1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. And I'm Father Travis Crotty. And it is great to be with you, feeling outcast and yet feeling connected at the same time. Always. Here we are. Yes. Connected to these wonderful opportunities of technology Gather and the internet. Gather us in, the lost and forsaken, the proud and the strong. Gather us in, the whatever and the haughty. <laughs> proud and the haughty, the rich and the haughty. Oh, yeah. I forget. Anywho. Being, brings back memories of the 80s and the 90s right there. It does. It yep. does. Father, it's good to be with you. What's Likewise. new these days?
0: Oh, wrapping up the end of the year, I'm convinced that students receive they retain zero knowledge from the last three weeks of school. Probably. Everybody's just done. Probably. <laughs> students are ready for this. And the teachers spring. are right checking out, oh, too. Oh, yeah. It's just like a big, yeah, it's a big checkout. But part of that experience of wrapping up was we did a little senior trip slash retreat. It was a little... Late being planned just because we weren't sure with just the continued restrictions, COVID restrictions and stuff. But it was good. We, we had a day trip to Omaha. Okay. two hours down the interstate. And we had some kind of fun community building stuff and some time to pray too. So we checked out the old market, which is always kind of fun to run around and stuff like that. Uh, when we got there, just for like lunch and a few things. And then Holy Family Shrine. Have you been out there before? I've not. Do you know what it is? No. Have you heard of it? Oh, I don't know the history. Some <laughs> Arch Omaha guy will have to correct me on it. But there was some land I think just donated from somebody to the archdiocese. It's in between Lincoln and Omaha, right off the interstate, um, and they built this really interesting and beautiful chapel on top of this hill. And there's a little kind of uh, welcome center, kind of some some paths to walk around. Um, but the church has this unique architecture that it's the pri- primarily uh, glass uh, kind of. 360 windows in this chapel. So oh, I have heard beautiful. about this. Yeah, I've seen the images. See, I just didn't know the name. Yep. The Holy Family Shrine. Yeah. So it's really beautiful. So they had an opportunity to pray up there. And then we, we wrapped up the day after um, going to dinner and stuff. We went to the John Paul, the second Newman center, right by UNO, um, just so they could see an experience of what a Newman center, a Catholic student center was and, I have. You had the opportunity to go to that.
1: I have. Have you gotten a tour? to, I have. to understand all the architectural yes, elements of that. Yes, it's really well particular. thought out. Uh, yeah, yes. and
0: and the, a beautiful building, a kind of contemporary, kind of sharp um, building in in uh, Ex-Arban. <laughs> You know what exarban means? I have do you? indeed. That's great. There's a, there's a Nebraska kind of a, spelled backwards. Exactly. It's yeah. kind of what it's kind of like a commercial like. Developed.
1: It's a commercial district now. District in Omaha. used to be kind of a racing center, but it's a it's yeah. a commercial district now.
0: It's, so it's been called Exarbon for a long time. Was there a track? It has there been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just so it sounds. It sounds kind of like exotic, right? And then when you see it spelled out, it's Nebraska spelled backwards, which right. is great. But anyways, it was it was good to be with the with the students down there. Kind of senior trip. You know, it gets gets it gets sad watching the seniors go.
1: So sad. Dry so your sad. eyes. So sad. I
0: will <laughs> move on. Yeah.
1: That chapel at the Newman Center is quite lovely. Uh, I mean, they've used white pine in their woodwork to symbolize the, the the trees that John Paul II would have known in the forest of Poland. Same you with know, the limestone floors. Right, the limestone floors. The, uh, the etchings of phrases of all 14 of his encyclicals in the stained glass windows. I mean, this was meticulously thought out uh, oh, with a great sense it. of faith.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. And there's this enormous kind of... Um, there's this is enormous stained glass, triangle stained glass, right above the sanctuary of Jesus the Pontifactor. That's often in a Byzantine iconography, um, and it's beautiful. And I love the scripture verse that it, that it has there. It says, "I came to I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly." Mm. Beautiful, bam! It's just right there. again. Yeah. so
1: yeah, you can't there, miss it. Really powerful. Yeah, you can't so miss it.
0: when in the wonderful city of Omaha, check out the John Paul II Newman Center.
1: Good shout out. Yeah, yeah. Father, one of the things that I thought we could talk about today. I'm sorry for my, my coughing here. The allergies are just, seasonal allergies have gotten to me a little bit. Um, Pull yourself together. I'll try. For all of our listeners, I'm very sorry. Um, one of the things I thought we could talk about, a common thing that I hear among uh, adults, especially young adults, is a, a deep, deep frustration with incompetency in the church. Hmm. Um, you know, like, someone has an experience, they call into a parish, and the parish secretary who answers the phone is just really unprofessional. Yeah. Or, you know, we're trying to plan a wedding, and the parish secretary, the deacon, or father, no one's gotten back to us in like five weeks. Right. Do we have a church reserved or not? Um, maybe accounting standards, you know, for a finance council or budget reports are just really poor. Heck, even the way <laughs> that... Um even people who work within the in the church,
0: um, people who, who work within diocesan offices, but often parish offices, they complain often about just how poorly meetings are run, the, the efficiency of kind of office management and things like that. Right. Yeah.
1: So this is, a, <clears throat> this is a growing concern. And I just want to encourage all of our listeners that if you just find deep-seated unprofessionalism, you know, go ahead and speak out, all right? There's no reason why you can't encourage your local parish, the local staff, the local councils, committees, whatever, to raise the bar, Right. you know? There's no reason why the church can't be professional. It's a sign of hospitality. It's making people feel welcome. It's inviting them in. It sets like an established foundation to build relationships when you're just showing others, you know, respect and receiving respect in return. Uh, there's no reason why th- those bars always can't grow. At the same time, um, one of the things that's really challenging in the church is we are not Fortune 500 companies, are we? Right. You know, Jesus, look at us. <laughs> 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 Jesus does not call the gifted and the beautiful. <laughs> you know what hey. I'm saying? Um, what, would the, what would the church actually look like if we were run the same way as like Apple? Mm-hmm. Microsoft, a, a Fortune 500 uh, company, with just uh, an elite mentality of we must pool together all the greatest talent. We must be on the cutting edge of every trend possible. Uh, you know, we we must have the, the latest you know technologies available, and we must convince people that you know they want to be part of us just through marketing. Yeah, there's a lot that the church can learn. You know, in terms of business practices and marketing for evangelization skills, there's right. no doubt about that we've got a lot to learn and we and we have to be humble about that and yet at the same time, the church's bride comes to speak the light in areas that are very messy mm-hmm. in areas that are very broken you know uh you're in the e r and you're anointing somebody and there's there's medical equipment everywhere and there's bandages on the floor and People are screaming, and that's where the light of Christ needs to be. Someone is grieving the loss of a loved one in a funeral home. Uh, Maybe someone's wife or you know husband, their spouse just left them suddenly with no explanation, and they just they're wondering how how could I go through this rejection in my marriage? In that in that messiness, that's where we actually meet people in the rawness, in the concrete existence moments of our lives. And that's where Jesus wants to encounter us, right? Mm -hmm. So Jesus didn't establish a church to always look prim and proper as a Fortune 500 company. He actually established a church so that his presence, his light, his message of truth and salvation, and the grace of his sacraments could enter into the messiness of lives, Mm -hmm. Um, which is tough. You know, balancing professional standards, good hospitality, and the messiness of how lives really unfold.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when we, when we hold that example up, it, it's often in a contemporary context. But as you were sharing that now, I was just thinking of moments in the church when we have kind of leaned toward that, toward this kind of elite, prestigious way of kind of like managing the church, mm-hmm. especially in certain times in Europe. With, with I mean, like when bishops were, were more or less like princes of, right. of like the, the papal ter- court of the Renaissance or right, something. Right, you think of that. And the funny thing is that always led to reform, and the reform came from you think of the I mean the big reformers of Francis of Assisi. I mean before that Saint Benedict who just went out into the into the you know outskirts of town and just right. like the monks and the friars and the Dominicans who had who had come and all these different reforming communities, they called people kind of away from that elitism back to the heart of the gospel, right. which which isn't where that's at. Now, I mean, some of these monasteries, they were like some of the best well run kind of Businesses in some ways, right? Um, but so often that's what led them away from the original rule of their founder and led them to a very like worldly experience. Mm-hmm. And their their reformers were always pulling them back to to the original constitutions of their rule, which was always built on the gospel standards that Jesus mm-hmm. preached
1: to his apostles. Yeah, you speak of a well-run monastery. Well, it should be in a sense of stewardship, right? Exactly. You know, if people have given you funds to kind of keep the monastery going or your parish going or your diocese going, well, those have to be managed well with professional standards to honor the donation of whoever is supporting you uh, and to make sure that whatever resources we have, whether that's financial, whether that's talent, whether that's time and energy, personnel, whatever resources we have, those need to be given for the praise and glory of God and the advancement of the gospel so that more people can see the light of Jesus. So there has to be something that's kind of well-run you mm-hmm. know, with professional business standards in, in the spirit of stewardship, right? Mm-hmm. Not for the sake of good business practices, for the sake of good business practices so we can look really awesome on worldly standards. No, we're trying to honor something that's been entrusted to our care, obviously entrusted the entire tradition of the faith, the deposit of faith, but just entrusted with the resources that we have to manage and govern on a daily basis and to help those bear fruit right. for others. That that's a precious commodity, uh, that's a precious enterprise seeking to bear fruit with the resources of the church.
0: Mm-hmm. I love these different topics you've brought up that that really kind of like balance between two extremes, the mean between mean mean between extremes and like the Catholic both end. And I know some people can get kind of annoyed by that and think it's like wishy-washy or something that we're just always trying to like flop back and forth. But I, I think it's beautiful that the virtue lies there in that mean between those extremes of being so casual. I, I've seen that in some places where it's like, I'm sure a different provincial experience of parishes, it, it felt more pastoral to be casual. But I've noticed that, no, like being so casual is unprofessional. Right. And drives people away. Right. Because it doesn't feel like you, you're really caring about them. Right. Um, but then when it's like you're, 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 the church just becomes your job and you're just trying to become a really good churchman or something like that. That's this other extreme, right? And that's not that's what we're called to live. It's easy to like kind of reside in those extremes of that kind of workaholism that tends toward profe- the professionalism of of kind of marketing the church as any other business, mm-hmm. or that kind of sloppy casualness that comes. Yeah. Um, but the beautiful thing is that Christianity has always been attractive when it's been lived authentically, and that authenticity comes from like a being convinced that what we have to offer is is good. It's not just some product that we're trying to, like, I don't know, be like snake oil snake oil sales and charmers or whatever it's called sure. about. We're convinced that a relationship with Jesus is is meaningful and powerful and it changes something. That ought to inspire us then to run things well. Right. Um, and so as to, to present that to the world.
1: Right. I think when we talk about incompetency in the church, I think it's also good to recognize um, – Jesus calls all types. You know, I mentioned the gifted and the beautiful earlier. Uh, Jesus just doesn't call to his church anyone who would be qualified to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. right? You know, he calls all different personalities, all different gifts, all different types of backgrounds. Yeah. And he uses those to make up a very rich mo- mosaic, kind of a, a rich bouquet of his church that speaks on, on different levels to different people in different cultures, all kinds of things, to different temperaments, you know. And so we can't we can't just pigeonhole the church and just say, well, you must function according to this standard or this preference. We can't fall into that trap because the Lord in, in wants his church to be truly Catholic, to be truly universal, to speak to many people on many levels in many ways. And so he's going to use different gifts and talents and different backgrounds to do that. The other thing, though— um, you know, we, we went to seminary, Father Travis, to uh, pursue holiness and to become like a doctor of the soul. Right. You know, to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments. And uh, most of that formation, spiritual formation, intellectual formation within philosophy and theology, uh, you know, we, we don't have MBAs. We, we, we weren't trained to be office managers, to be accountants, to be business managers. Mm-hmm. We weren't necessarily trained to be, you know, computer specialists, to be experts at social media and advertising and marketing. Right. We weren't trained to be lawyers, to handle all the legal issues that come up with property deeds and uh, human resource management issues. There's all kinds of things that go into a community of a parish or a school, um, and we weren't properly trained to do handle all of those things, right? right? So um, when we look at incompetency in the church, you know, I think— parish lay leaders, deacons, priests, religious, we have to look at our strengths. We also have to be really honest about our limitations. But I also think that that uh, comes as, therefore, a challenge for those who actually do have the skills to step forward. Yes. You know, for any of our listeners out there, if you are a graphic designer and you think, you know, gee, there's no really good signage in my parish to tell us where the bathrooms are located or where the crime room's located. Maybe the bulletin isn't that good.
0: Or if the social media pages are being run by people who don't really, I mean, frankly, to no fault of their own, know how to
1: successfully run an Instagram page. Right, yeah. right. You know, if you're an attorney and you don't want to go to monthly parish council meetings, but you could offer a few hours of, of counsel a year mm-hmm. on some legal issues that might arise in the parish, well, can you offer that? Uh, if you're a nurse, um, would you like to? Would you like to volunteer your time by maybe checking on, you know, some of the elderly of the parish who are homebound and maybe could use a little checkup at their? If you're a, if you're an interior
0: designer or have an eye for that, and you know that the parish office is just a mess when you walk in, right? Right. Offer some suggestion or like, right. you know, subtly or whatever you need to do, but
1: right. And you know, if the pastor says, "Yeah, I want to get to that," but by the way, I've got like three funerals to plan mm-hmm. right now. Exactly right. Don't be offended. You know, it'll it'll happen in the Lord's time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I have noticed now in my first year of ministry, and this is—I
0: don't know if it if it's who, whose fault it is, and it's not important to point fingers, but like, there really is this. There are sometimes really good needs that that come up in discussion with parishioners. We need this at our parish. We need this. We need this. We need this great reluctancy to actually kind of step up and do something there's just kind of an expectation that like unless it comes from father unless it comes from kind of the parish staff and the parish office invites us to that whatever it might be whatever growth that the parish kind of needs to experience it just doesn't seem to happen so a lot of people are aware of what needs to happen you might even be aware of your own gifts and talents that can help that come about but there's a little bit of reluctancy to kind of take that step to to reach out Right. Okay, but I think it's clear. It's like we are men who, yeah, we're not trained to be office managers and finance, you know, financial experts and all this stuff. So it's like, and the church, the nature of the church, as Vatican II makes really clear, is is not just the priest as kind of the the captain of the ship and everybody else is his kind of pawns. It's like, right. no, 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 we're the body of Christ. We're members of the people of God. Right. And we all need to kind of take up that that role that we've been given in our baptism.
1: Right. Yeah. As pastors, as shepherds, it is our job to kind of, you know, keep a right ordering of everything. Right, right. So we do, we do need to make sure that the gifts and talents of the church are rightly ordered and that we're all marching in the same direction, that the resources available to us are properly disposed and properly used yep. in a way that builds up the faith and builds up the church. Uh, we, we, we're not just going to be an expert at all of those areas, right. though. You know, we, we would have to be in school for 25 years. And even then, there's so much kind of on the ground training as things keep adjusting. But as we look at incompetency in the church, don't, uh, to our listeners, don't feel, of, uh, don't feel hesitant to want to step up and to offer some suggestions. Um, don't feel hesitant to step up and really kind of demand some higher standards. Right. It's going to help the evangelization and the credibility of the church as she continues to proclaim the gospel. Um, we, we do have work to do in learning about some good business practices, but we also have to understand that the church is is not just uh, you know a fortune 500 company that she 's going to enter into the brokenness of people 's lives and she 's going to look a little messy at times right uh, and that 's okay that 's okay as long as as just stewardship is happening and as that the gospel is still uh, being authentically proclaimed so mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll unpack some more of these themes in greater detail, but Father Travis, it's good to have your reflections. Um, Always good to be with you. Keep up the good work, okay? Likewise. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Thanks for tuning
0: in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.